Round one, go. Hey, happy new year. It's 2020. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Welcome to Doug and Marty versus the world 2020. You mean our new, our, our, new, our new year, our new decade, and our new time on the ACN network. Oh That's my gosh. Awesome. Yeah. It's like a triple threat. New year, new time, and what? New decade. New decade. There we go. Yeah. And, uh, and a whole new set of challenges, obviously, for the years. And a lot of things to be thankful for, too. I think, you know, uh, just continuing. I think maybe, uh, my, my, I think my resolution for 2020 if I can, if I'm allowed to have one, am I allowed to have a resolution, bro? Of course you are. It's, okay, it's, great. It's like the 15th amendment or the 25th amendment, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> the 18th amendment when women got to vote, um, which is a hundred years old this year, by the way. Um, the uh, resolution I'm going to have is I'm going to find something to be thankful to God for every day in 2020. How about that? One thing that I can say, you know what I'm thinking now there's, obviously almost an infinite number of things to be thankful for because we serve an infinite God. I'm thankful, for example, that I don't have hair like yours. I'm thankful <laughs> that I have, uh, I'm thankful that I have this, these five great kids. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for this chair I'm sitting in. Mm-hmm. I'm even thankful for this red microphone, which reminds me that I'm a Republican. Exactly right. On the right and you're red and Republicans. You know, it's interesting when you start giving the things you're thankful for, it not only changes your heart, it changes your perspective, but you think about it and it's like eating potato chips. If you like those, you can't just have one. I mean, you can't stop at one. God, thank you for giving me breath today. That's good. But what does that lead to, right? A family, like you said, our, our blessings, the fact that we're here again, we have an opportunity to do the radio show. There are so many, the people we meet, the, the smile you got, the job you have, the home you live in, on and on and on and on again. And the very purpose you have been put on this earth for and to be able to know that the creator that made you. Those are all amazing things to be grateful for. So it's a guy that's a great resolution to be daily thankful for the things that we've, we've been given, right? Well, okay. So if our listeners haven't come up with their own resolution, maybe they can just join me in that. And let's make 2020 a year of thankfulness. You know, let's be thankful this year about, all, you know, I, I'll tell you what made me think of this, Marty, because it was an interesting thing. I was, um, I'm working on cleaning out my garage, which, you know, if you've ever tried to do that, you know, it's not, not easy. And yes. uh, so I'm kind of tumbling into bed last night. I'm really tired. And I started thinking about, you know, the upcoming uh, legislative session and all the taxes that k- kicked in, you know, yes, uh, you know, whenever uh, New right. Year's Day was, et cetera. And it was really starting to bring me down. And I said, what am I doing? I'm in this kind of like, why am I dwelling on that? And then I started thinking of things that I was thankful for. And dude, the whole atmosphere in my bedroom just changed. All of a sudden it was just like, Wow this is great. I'm in America. We have food. I can, you know, I have running water. I have a vehicle. I have a family. Mm -hmm. I have this pillow right here. Right. I mean, it's just like, it just, uh, so I'm just, you know, and we, uh, you hear it all the time, even growing up, we heard about how special it was to be, be born in this nation, how special it was for the benefits and the opportunities we have to be free I think in many cases we are losing freedoms that we that we don't even know we we are losing, but still to 
fully understand that we live in a unique time and a unique place in history and in the world, that if you're born here, the poorest person in America is richer than 90% of the, of the world. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing to think about all the good things we have here. So I think you're absolutely right. Well, good. Do you have any resolutions, brother? Uh, of course, the, the usual stuff. It's, it's funny. I saw someone post the other day that in, uh, nothing changes between December 31st and January 1st of the next year. You're still the same person. Unless you change the way you do things, nothing changes in 2020. And so really, I've been on this journey of growth, right? Spiritual growth, physical growth, and don't be, don't be funny there. You know, the idea of trying to lose weight, but get in shape. We all do this, but it's really about changing habits, about uh, getting quicker to obey um, those leadings by God, uh, spending more time in the Bible, you know, spending more time with my family, understanding that with the time we have, and, and this last year was a big reminder for me on how many people that were pretty well known that went on to um, pass away, either to be with the Lord or not, but they are gone. And you realize how important and how fragile and how, how uh, finite our life is. And so as we have two girls coming on to college here in the next couple of years, really being intentional, you know, and those aren't resolutions, but it's really a focus on what's important in our lives, at least over the, uh, the next year for sure, just trying to make sure that I have those things in place, that there's no regrets. So, yeah, well, yeah. that sounds like a resolution to me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I've got, you know, my uh, youngest daughter is going to be a senior here and then, you know, next year and all that kind of stuff. So I feel that. Mm-hmm. You know, having that, you know, making that, uh, um, the time she's been, I've noticed lately hugging me more, mm-hmm. huggy, huggy, she says, <laughs> and then she says, see, I do hug you dad. I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. It Over is awesome. Days. Well, it just last night, my youngest skipped sitting down beside me and I go, Oh, she wants something. Right. It's like, I'm dad. Right. And no, she goes, I just want to be here. I'm like, and she was basically huggy, huggy. I'm like, all right, this is nice. You know, I shouldn't be suspect as a father, but to your point is we have to really cherish those times that we can speak into them, but we can ask you to just be there for them as well. So it's really nice. And of course, um, like many people, our listeners, I've got, you know, big goals for the year. Uh, when I look back on last year's goals, though, I hit most of the goals I set, which is pretty cool. Um, but I realized this year, I wrote my whole list out. This, you'll like this, and most of our listeners will as well, being a Christian network. Um, I wrote my entire list out of what I, Marty McClendon, want to achieve in 2020. You know, great things, politically, uh, spiritually, uh, work and creating new things on the radio. And then I'm all done, and I, I just, I felt in my spirit saying, did you ask me what I want? I go, oops, sorry, God. <laughs> so, uh, how about let's start there? What do you want this year, Lord, for, for my life? And how does my life and then that plan fit into your plan for my life? You know, so I had, had a little uh, check in my spirit, if you would, if you would will. <laughs> we, we are soldiers under command after all. You know, I was listening to an interesting um, message uh, this morning on my way in, and it was, um, there are different, uh, levels of relationship that we have with the Lord. Like we start off as believers, then we become disciples, then we become bond servants, then we become friends, and then we become sons. And so each, each one, you know, first of all, you got to start off by being a believer and then you got to make that decision that, Hey, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to, you know, pray, read my Bible. I'm going to become a disciple. I'm going to obey him. 
And then you move into that where I'm, you know, Paul said, I'm his, I'm his, you know, I'm a slave right. to, to Jesus. Right? right. And, you know, a bond servant doesn't get like a bonus check and go, gee, I wonder what cool new boat I can buy or something. <laughs> a bond servant says, how, how can I serve my master with this money? Right. Or whatever. It, it, and exactly right. And know, then a friend, you know, becoming a friend of God, you know, how wonderful is that? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I heard this guy say, the Lord said to him, you know, I can hire a lot of bond servants, but friends are hard to come by, right? Mm-hmm. So are we willing to hang out with Jesus, right? You know, he wants us to be friends. And then, of course, what's more valuable than a son, right? Think about the parable of the, the prodigal son, right? Correct. So, Correct. so, so I, it, it's an increase in, in, in um, intimacy and, and uh, you know, relationship with the Lord. And I think that's great. Like, think about uh, Enoch, right? Enoch walk with God and mm-hmm. he was not, you know, so the closer we get to the Lord, I think the less of us there is, right? We well, kind you of think about, it, I was just reading about Enoch as well. He was walking with the Lord over 300 years and it was, it was close to four or 500 before he was no longer, he, walk, he was taken up in a sense. Um, I mean, this idea, even Mo, I mean, Noah and the ark, it was over 600 years before the flood came and so forth, but he walked closely with the Lord when the majority of the people, all mankind, had to turn to their own wickedness. You know, even Elijah, when he was crying out to God, said, I'm the only one following you. You know, and God says, no, I've held a remnant of 7,000 that have not bowed the knee. There's, there's, there's some power to this. And I'm curious, too, from a biblical perspective, is there a point in a believer's life where you, tra- you, you kind of go back and forth? I mean, in a sense, you don't just become a son and stay a son. I mean, it's your relationship with them, just like a relationship with a friend. If you don't see them for a while, don't spend time with them, that relationship, that friendship could be weakened over time. And then so you have to restore that by going back, right? Hey, no, I want to spend more time with you. I want to engage with you. A marriage is the same, same way. I think that there's, there's different parts in my life where, you know, I find myself being a very terrible bond servant. Other time I'd be a very good one. Um, but I, I love the fact that we're adopted in as sons and with the sonship becomes with, you know, possession of and authority over, you know, but you have to be responsible for, right? And many times uh, the son isn't giving control until they've learned, right? They've gone through the process. So I like that. I love it. And I think a lot of that sonship stuff too, you know, is where you behold the goodness and mm-hmm. the severity of God. You know, Solomon often complained that he couldn't get away with anything with David, but uh, you know, the other sons of David, they got away with all kinds of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and David's like, yeah, but you're different. You're called to rule. Exactly right. Yeah. So the level, you know, so even our trials, you know, James said, we should count it all joy when we experience trials. I mean, we're supposed to look at our trials like they're like bags of gold. Literally, that's what James says. It's more precious than silver and gold, our faith, right? That's what Peter said, actually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many of us look at our trials like that? Like, oh, hey, I found some gold here. This is awesome. I, that, read, I read a Bible study on that. And, and to your exact point, I'm agreeing with you here. Oftentimes in the midst of trials, we don't see it that way. We don't rejoice the Lord and say, thank you for the trial. Afterwards, we look back and see that God was doing something amazing in the midst of the trial. He was preparing us. He was creating and building character, which we'll need for the next trial, the bigger trials and so forth. But in the moment of it, though, uh, it's, I think it's very few can say, okay, good. I'm glad we're going through trouble. <laughs> you know, God will sustain me. I know he's working this for my good, right? 
It is tough. Well, and it's like, uh, is it Hebrews where it talks about no one likes discipline when it's happening, mm-hmm. but uh, the, it, it, it also brings forth fruit. And if we're not disciplined by God, then we're not his, you know, because obviously parents discipline their children. Otherwise, you know, you know, if you don't care, you let your kids play in the street, right? right. God, God's probably not really wanting Marty and Doug to play in the street. So <laughs> pretty good that way. Probably and, uh, good. But I am, I am, my resolution this year is I am going to find things every day. I'm going to write that down, put it on my, I don't know, someplace where I can find it. What are you thankful for today? And be sure to tell them and hang out with them and walk with them, be a friend and let them know I'm thankful. Well, we're going to be back with more after the break. My name is Doug Bassler. And my name is Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Be right back. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the US, I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at easyyoutubeads.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. Easyyoutubeads.com, no experience necessary. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the U.S., I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. All right, it's round two, Doug and Marty versus the world. The first show of the new year, the new decade, and the new time here on the ACN Network. So exciting. Very exciting. Of course, this is Marty McClendon. Welcome back to the show. You know, it's an honor to be able to, to speak across the airwaves, to encourage and talk about politics and talk about religion, uh, just give our viewpoint on things, but also that we love getting engaged with you, our listeners, of course, people across the state that are passionate about making a difference in this nation, in their church, in their community, in local and state politics, because we know they all meld together. You know, our, our, our future for our kids and our grandkids all depend on what we do in this generation. I believe that every one of us are called for a purpose and a, and a time. And uh, so we, as we encourage you to be bold on our show, 
uh, and talk about these topics. It really is in that vein. And we have a, we have a heart to um, mobilize and encourage. And, and for that matter, we were talking last segment about our resolutions. Really, I think 2020 is going to be a fantastic opportunity for all those of faith to be activated, to, to mobilize, to make a difference, not only just in the elections, but the consequences of the elections reverberate through every form of life, whether it be foster care, our way of life, our education, our jobs, uh, housing, homelessness, everything is affected by these election process. And if the church, the body, Christians um, can exercise their gifts and talents in this realm in 2020, I think we're going to see a major shift in Washington state and the nation. What do you think, Doug? Uh, I agree. And, um, you know, Washington state is uh, in a situation that's very similar to what's going on in Virginia right now. I I think we have, uh, you know, a state government that is, is really focusing on disarming uh, the populace. Um, and that's, uh, that's a little bit frightening to me because, uh, I don't think, you know, I was talking to my father who's, you know, in his mid eighties, like, well, we can bury the guns out in the backyard. We can wrap them in oil cloth. And I'm like, I'm like, dad, they're not getting my gun <laughs> and I'm not burying it in the backyard. And, and he's like, well, I hope you're right, son. Cause you know, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. So, um, these are things that, you know, that we got to fight for. So we back up to this shooting at the church down in, yes. in Texas, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. The guy whips out the gun in, in three seconds, two people are dead. And in four seconds, the, the shooter's dead, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you call 911, you don't get the same result. Yep. The average call time for 911 nationwide is 10 minutes. Uh, this thing all was done in under five seconds. Literally, um, three people were dead, including the shooter, in five seconds. This church had imp- implemented uh, a basically a concealed carry program, you know, basically um, ushered and stuff that were trained to carry. Uh, and so there was like seven people uh, in, on staff there that showed up after the perpetrator was put down. But it was like they trained for this. They knew them when they have an active shooter like this. And something that I think more and more churches need to be aware of. And, and it, it has saved lives. Yes, um, a couple were lost, but the idea is it, it could have been so much worse. So to your point, well, though, we yeah. have, uh, we have uh, security where I go. So, I know. um, they, I, it was, I, I bumped into, you know, I, you know me, I'm a friendly guy and I noticed this one guy that was kind of hanging out and he's just seemed pretty isolated. And so I went to say hi and, right. and he's like, Hey, how's it going? And we we're chatting. He goes, yeah, I'm the new head of security here. And I'm like, Oh, well, it's good for good to know. Apparently that's why you're standing here by yourself, scanning the crowd. You're not an active shooter. Correct. Uh, so You're stopping them. Right. And was he carrying or do you know? I know. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I'm saying, and the reason I'm asking this is- Of course it, he was carrying. And think there, about are, this. there are many people in our church that carry. We, we know in our, in our um, state, um, one party rule, anywhere there's one party rule, specifically uh, the Democrat party rule. And it's just, it, it, if there were- one party rule states where it's all Republican and this was an issue, I'd bring that up, but there is not because we tend to be um, more pro second amendment, pro gun rights, pro the fact that you can defend yourself. But our state, there's always been this aggression towards the second amendment and gun rights. And so we know even in 2016, um, it, there have been other thing pushes right before the uh, 1639 I think was, or when we, we, 
90, I-94. Anyway, there's a lot of outside money, Bloomberg money, um, Bill Gates money coming in, Tom Steyer money coming in to push these initiatives to take away our gun rights. Seattle's been pushing the tax on guns and the tax on bullets. Um, Cyrus Habib, uh, the first thing he did when he when he beat me in Lieutenant Governor race, uh, basically uh, banned guns and concealed carry guns in the Senate chambers, which is he can do, but it's, it's just the wrong message. Well, yeah. technically legally he can't do it because there's only two places that guns can be banned legally. According to Washington state law, that would be the um, courtroom mm-hmm. and the insane asylum. So and, and I the, guess if you consider the Senate chambers, uh, uh, a crazy house, right? you know, well, you know, remember then uh, the, the same guy, and I'm not going to beat on Cyrus to be right now, I'll beat on him later. But the point is, is Cyrus then uh, was as the duty of Lieutenant Governor supposed to, when they have both, both joint sessions, the house and the Senate come together for the state of the, the state type thing. Ransley speaks. Yep. Uh, he refused to go because they wouldn't ban concealed carry guns in the house chamber. And so, and that was controlled by the Democrats, which is just blows me away. But the, where I was going with this is every year, four or five new bills are proposed and most of the time they're defeated, but to take away gun rights. This year, there's a slew more of them. Of course, after last year, passing $27 billion of new taxes, they are coming for our guns. And so like you mentioned, Virginia, um, there is civil unrest where they're doing red, these red flag laws where they're taking away guns from private citizens with little to no evidence. And so there is a there is a powder keg building in Virginia. And I believe there's a powder keg building here in Washington along the same lines. What do you say? Yeah, well, and, and uh, well, it should be. I mean, people need to stand up for this. I, you know, I had a conversation about um, my my run in with uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion down in Portland where I was, you know, on trial and all that stuff. And, you know, that a right that you don't stand up for is a right you will lose. And so we have to stand and, and gun owners, even if you're not a gun owner, um, be thankful, you know, and, and the thing that's really annoying is they're, you know, these people that are doing it, they're protected by guns. Mm-hmm. They have, they have security details and stuff like that. So why aren't they disarming? Right. If, 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 you know, if disarmament it, it is, was the way. We know that whenever we saw in the uh, Hurricane Katrina, um, gun registration led to gun confiscation because of for the good, whatever, only criminals had guns. We know that um, rightly trained citizens that have concealed carry permits stop crime over three million cases a year in the U.S. alone where a gun is used in self-defense, where it's not even not even pulled. I mean, it's not even shot. The idea is, is used for self-defense. They know, I'm talking about those in the political left, if you take away the guns, you take away your First Amendment right, you take away your freedoms because the government can do anything they want to when you can't defend what is yours. And so, um, this this attack in, in, the, in the vein or in the guise of making us all more safe, it's not. It, it is, we have to be aware, this is not about safe. Safety would be arming more people, would be training more people, would be teaching our kids how to safely operate handguns or uh, firearms to to know their constitutional rights, like what Rick Green talks about it. It would be in the lines of, of making sure we have mental health care and, and those things to, to keep the guns out of the, the criminal's hands and then to fully prosecute crimes with guns to the nth degree. 
But the Democrats at this point in time want to decriminalize everything and take away the right of lawful citizens to defend themselves at the same time. So what do you have? You have more criminals on the street. There's no um, enforcement of the law and no way to defend it. That's a bad recipe. And it leads to anarchy and it leads to more crime and it leads to dangerous streets. We don't want that for our kids. We want safe neighborhoods, a safe state. And the way to do that is to have more freedoms and have our rights protected, which is why government exists in the first place. Well, according to the, the Declaration of Independence, to secure these rights, governments yep. are instituted to, among men. So um, the shooter in in uh, Texas in the church mm-hmm. uh, was a felon and did not, could not legally own a firearm. And uh, yet somehow he came into that church and he had one. Yes. So the it, law didn't help stop yeah. him. We've been saying this for years. The bottom line is laws, new laws like that don't um, prevent criminals from getting guns. Uh, and so how, what do we do that we have to be tough on crime? And this is one of those things where it's a dichotomy, a polar opposite on viewpoint, whether it be life and, and abortion or um, basically gun rights versus no gun rights. The idea here is we have our crime and no crime. Um, crime is important to um, deal swiftly at the lower levels. It's the broken, broken windows theory. If you deal with small crime, you don't get big crime. But if you allow it to fester and multiply, then you have crime that goes rampant. You have what we see now in Seattle and San Francisco and places like that. So you know, a lot of that's ownership too, though. You know, uh, it's like the rental car. You know, you just don't you don't drive the rental car quite the same way you drive the car you're paying six hundred a month for. It's just some difference there, probably because you're paying six hundred a month for it. Yep, and it's your car. And so, you know, and they used to say at church, right, when they, when it belongs to everybody, it belongs to nobody. And so the church furniture would get more hammered and all that kind of stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, ownership, when you own something, then it means something if you've paid the price to get it. And that's one of the reasons why the free enterprise system, the capital uh, system is a better system because it, it creates, you know, incentive for people to get ahead. And, uh, and then they have ownership and they take better care of the neighborhood because it's their neighborhood. They're buying right. the house. They want to take care of the place, that type of thing. So just, you know, all in all, um, I think um, the Republicans are right. Okay, sorry. There we go. And I will say this too, as we're talking about the Second Amendment and some other things that are tied into it about your rights. So there, there's a slew of um, rallies, you know, Second Amendment, I mean, um, pro-Constitution, Republican, conservative-leaning rallies. The, the weekend, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th in, of January in Olympia. The 17th, Friday, January 17th, is Rally for Your Rights, which is a pro-Second Amendment rally. And, of course, I'll be speaking there uh, amongst a bunch of other speakers about Second Amendment. That should be a great time to come out. So, if you're listening and want to make the trip over to the west side, what a great week to do so. And, of course, there's a, there's a rally on Monday and a rally on Wednesday as well. All also conservative issues, but uh, Friday is the pro Second Amendment rally. I think this is a, a great year to send a, a loud, clear message that this is important to us and, and our legislators must defend our rights given to us by God. You know, a good, uh, good resource, Family Policy Institute of Washington. Uh, right. They, uh, they train you to, you know, everybody should go visit the Capitol. You should go visit the state Capitol, regardless of where you live in the state. Mm-hmm. And, uh, FPIW gives you, um, some resources on what to do, how to go talk, how to find your legislature, go talk to them, tell them stuff, you know, don't waste the trip, have fun. We'll be back after the break. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. It's 2020. 
When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the U.S., I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now, I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me, and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. This is Claire. Claire has a great business, and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details, from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Three bells and all is well. That's the first time I have heard three bells since last year. Seriously. Wow, I remember last year like it was yesterday. Oh, a couple days ago, anyway. Uh, you know, it feels like Christmas was a long time ago. I mean, wow, time time just flies. So we have, uh, this is Doug Bassler, by the way. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. And we appreciate you. Welcome back to the, Happy the beginning of a very, very, I think, momental, a monumental, a busy, a momental, I, I, I like monumental, that yeah, monumental. Yeah. I think it's going to be epic in history, but you know, it's funny because people say that we're entering the roaring twenties, like the twenties again. I think they named the roaring twenties after they were over. They were looking back and say, yeah, it's pretty roaring. What if, what if this is a sleepy twenties? It could be something else. I don't know, but I don't think Biden's going to get elected, but you know, it's my opinion. <laughs> I think Trump's going to win by a landslide. Um, looking ahead though, you know, remember, if you remember last year, especially late last year, seems like just a few days ago, right. um, we were talking about how fast 2019 went, 2020 will go by even faster. So we, you know, times are accelerating and, uh, we're heading toward, a, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the biggest event in history when history is going to get split in, into a third and that's when Jesus comes back. Right. And so we, we don't want to waste the, the year and, and it's, you know, getting through the holidays and this is kind of the last of the holiday weekend, you know, the kind of that two weeks thing, mm -hmm. you know, Monday's the sixth and we're going to be, you know, hopefully hitting the ground running and, um, but don't, don't, don't put it off, you know, procrastination and putting things off Marty. That's, it's so devastating to uh, what, what we have the ability to do, you know? And so I hope that people will 
recognize 2020 for the gift that it is. I love the 2020 year because that's perfect vision, right? If you go to the eye doctor, it's 2020 vision is perfect vision. Right. And, uh, you know, so this should be a year of vision for us and a, a year when we can see things more clearly and, and then really actually take action and do things. I agree. I think there's been a lot of growth over the last several years for many people, including myself and you and our families. I think over the next four years, 2020, 2024, we're going to see um, things we have never seen from a political perspective, from a, a like I said, a religious. There is a rebirth, you know, uh, there is a movement now. Now, we talked about Kanye West, but there, there is, it is Every day, new reports of people that you would never think would walk with Christ are getting baptized in, in Israel. They're getting saved. They're talking about their newfound faith. They're, you know, um, God is doing some amazing things around the world in the midst of this, uh, the turmoil we see when we see rumors of wars and here and, and, you know, and we see our economy roaring and how good it is, the best it's been in, in, in almost our history of this nation. You know, and then at least in the last 50 years, well, we know, we know that we're in this decade here. We have this election cycle that seems to, that has been going on literally since the last election. It seems like it's nonstop for the president, but also, you know, this ongoing thing and the national level and the local level, there's, we're, I think, believe our, our basic values are up for review right now. What I mean by that is, um, for years now, the onslaught on the, on our Christian beliefs, you know, um, marriage, um, family, life, all these have been under assault uh, and then been eaten away over time. Now there's this, this resurgence of people saying, no, we want to defend life. No, we want to defend these values. We want to defend the fact that our founding forefathers had a Judeo-Christian background. And so there's this, this, this rise of, 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 no, we wanted to, to protect what we have. At the same time, the, the, the side that wants to do away with it are, are like are paranoid or frantic that they're going to lose out on this. They, they've made so much progress. They almost had this whole thing. And so what you, what you said, what many others have said, well, I believe 2016 was a reprieve. And then we have an opportunity. I think, so, I think this next year, I know we're supposed to be talking about what we see, but I really do see a lot of things becoming very clear. Things are being exposed, all the corruption in the deep state. We're seeing at the national and the state level. Um, we're seeing this sort of this, um, where, do, where do we as Americans, where do we as Washingtonians, where do we as Christians want to stand on these values and where do we want to um, let, let go? And I think that everything is on the table. Our freedoms, our gun rights, our, the way we want to raise our families, the way we want to educate, all of them are being brought to the fore again. I think it's fantastic. That we're, we're going to be able to do this. And I think if, if we are bold enough, we and our listeners are bold enough to say, like, look, biblical values, they work. They've worked forever. Let's, let's, let's go back to them. I think it'd be good. What do you say? Yeah. Well, we're, we are um, going to see greater and greater definition of what it means to be holy, right? Mm-hmm. To be righteous. And that's the thing, you know, the, the accuser, which is what I see more and more coming at us from the other side, you know, we, we recognize, I think all of Christians recognize, look, we fall short. We, you know, we're more, I think we're more aware of our faults than we, maybe that we ought to be. And, um, and so 
the accuser comes that, but what does the Bible say about Christians? What does the Bible call? It calls them saints. And if you go look at the, the Greek word, it's the word hagios or holy. It's, we're called the holy. We believe in Jesus. We receive that, that sacrifice, that atonement for our sins. And it's as if they never happened. And so even though we're aware of it, God says he's taken them and cast them as far away as the east is from the west. And he's cast him into a sea of forgetfulness. He won't, God, you know, it's like God chose to not remember them. He has amnesia for our sins and we are holy. And, um, and we need to have that for each other, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the other day, Marty, I felt like the Lord woke me up and started talking about the linen ephod. And so I actually wrote that in my journal for the year. And I said, this is a year of the linen ephod. The linen ephod was the priestly garment um, that Aaron and his sons wore. And he wanted the, why did, why did the Lord want them to wear a linen ephod? He did not want them to sweat in his presence. It was so it could be no sweat. I'd like to have a year of no sweat, baby. Right. (laughs) You know, no sweat. Right. And it's, and it, and it's what it's required. Now, obviously they're going to sweat when they're out chopping wood and stuff like that, but in his presence, no sweat, no striving. And um, also the linen ephod was, not naturally white. It was bleached white, just like our sins, right? We weren't Mm. naturally white, but we were bleached white. And, uh, and as, as I was kind of just considering this, I was just reading in Matthew 21 in my regular, you know, just kind of reading the Bible thing. And it talked about the wedding feast and what happens in the wedding feast is some guy comes in and he doesn't have something on, right? Mm -hmm. This wedding garment. And, and, uh, he says, bind him hand and foot, cast him in outer darkness. Mm-hmm. We, you know, so you can't even get into the wedding without your linen ephod. So, you know, I think we want to lose the religious spirit that says, I got to perform. I got to mm-hmm. measure up. We need to get in the Lord and let him start to transform our heart. You know, I've had more success <laughs> overcoming things in my life by going to the Lord and admitting that I can't overcome it <laughs> and I need some help. Yeah. I think that that comes best down prayer, to What are the best prayers we can ever pray is Jesus help. Help me. Exactly right. And of course, all throughout scripture, they say, show me the areas of my soul that need to be addressed, to be repented of. You know, we talked off the air before about I'm, I'm painfully aware of my own shortcomings. At the same time, I am so grateful for the grace. And your linen ephod reference refers to the blood of Christ. And, you know, the idea was you're putting something on that God placed there. God gave us. We didn't earn. We couldn't earn on our own. And yet we're given righteousness. We're giving forgiveness. We're given this grace. Uh, and it's amazing, but, but it's not something that where we can go, Oh, we can go sin more or we can lord over other people. But it's one of those things where it should be attractive to others knowing that, look, we're, we don't have to figure it out. All we know is we know there's a savior. We know he's given us a free gift. We said, yes, I'll exchange my life for yours. Uh, and then he's working that out in us over time. And I think that's a beautiful thing to understand. It's not something we've done. It's, or something we've earned. It's something we've been given. And so. Uh, well, this, the yeah. last week I was talking to uh, a gentleman uh, that, you know, mm-hmm. I won't mention his name, uh, but he was talking about not being able to run for political office because of skeletons in his closet, things in his past, things like that. And I said, Hey man, that's our testimony. Why are you running from your testimony? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. We used to do drugs or, or drink, or we had all these problems and issues. And now we're, we're forgiven. We're set free. Why would you give up? You know, one of the ways we overcome the devil is by the word of our testimony. Uh The blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. If we're looking for, 
Yeah. If we're looking unusual. for perfect people to run for office. Yeah. They're not, they're uh, the only one we can get is Jesus. And the he's people not of Israel wanted a king. They picked Saul, right? Saul was not a king. God picked David, right? Uh, you know, a shepherd, the guy who's not perfect, who later on, who called out for his own heart, you know, uh, had adultery, kill, had a man killed. I mean, not perfect. It's, it's, all the Bible's full of people that fell short, but God was still able to redeem and use. I just, I love that. Of course, I've been reading a lot of Joseph lately, and of course, he didn't fall. He had a lot of things he had to be worked through and be humbled. At 12 years old, sold into slavery. I mean, the whole idea of being faithful there is fantastic. But in general, he's taken a lot of people you would never guess and said, and then trusted the Lord and used them to do mighty things. So and that gives me, and I should give everyone out there hope that they can use you. He can use you. <laughs> you know? Well, and and we're, you know, politics have, has gotten a little bit, you know, but I don't know if it's any more ugly than it's ever been. And it's ugly. All right. People, people do things. They want to win. They'll compete in certain ways. Uh, and it can be hurtful and things like that. You experienced that in your last. I run. did. And it, it got really, really nasty. But the point that to your point, uh, and earlier I was going to mention this, whatever we allow, whatever we um, basically don't put down, we have more of. If we allow illegal immigration, we get more of it. If we allow the the uh, um, aggression against our rights, we get more of it. And this is one of those things too. If we allow um, the system to continue to be the way it is, where people to make false accusations, to slander, to do whatever, because it works politically, we'll keep on getting more of it. There has to become a time where we as the American people, we have a Washington state say, you know what? We don't want this to be this way. We're going to make a change in a sense where we're going to protect free speech, but we're not going to elect people that participate in this type of slander. Don't you think? Yeah. I, I, the ninth commandment, right? Thou shall not commit adultery, right? And mm-hmm. we have all of this stuff going on right now, all this kind of weird stuff because we want to say, well, that one doesn't matter and all mm-hmm. that. And so now we've got a million, you know, sexual, uh, rules, right? A million rules that no one could ever keep uh, that govern this. And um, I was talking to a guy today, he's a lawyer, and he was like, oh, the 11th commandment should be thou shalt not have sex without disclosing. And I said, why don't I just back up a couple and just do the ninth? Just don't do it. Just Let's do it Nike. Right. Says, in reverse. <laughs> reverse. Uh, adultery, <laughs> fornication, just don't do it. Right. Uh, what, what, what would our lives be like? What would our nation be like if we just trusted God and did things his way. Don't steal, don't murder, don't commit adultery. And don't don't go away because they're gonna be right back. <laughs> this is Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. Hi, this is Doug Bassler, candidate for U.S. Congress in Washington's 9th Congressional District. We're facing some of the biggest challenges of our lifetime and possibly in our nation's history. It's more important now than ever that we all stand up for our Christian values and heritage. Our values have created freedom and liberty previously unseen in the world, and now 
what used to be fringe elements are becoming mainstream and are threatening our religious freedoms. I'm committed to fight for our First Amendment rights, really for all of our God-given rights, and to represent us faithfully in Washington, D.C., and I can use your help. Would you consider going to my website, dougbassler.com, and making a financial donation of any size? It will be greatly appreciated. I want to thank you in advance for all you do. I'm Doug Bassler, and I approve this message. Paid for by friends of Doug Bassler. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Wow, that's the first time we get to hear the saddest sound in radio this year, this decade, this new time on ACN. This is Doug and Marty versus the world, round four. My name's Doug Bassler. And my name's Marty McClendon. And we appreciate you and all your your families and people listening out there. And as we enter into the 2020 year, and of course, uh, forecasting what's happening or what might happen, you know, like a sports score, like who's going to win. I, I do believe, as you said, in one Seahawks of the Seahawks in the Super Bowl? No. No. Well, I, I would be a great thing. And they have a long road to go and they have a lot of, a lot of issues with uh, injuries, but who knows? I'm not uh, very sports. I, I do believe that Donald Marty Trump continuing to bowl this year. Yeah. Yes. Uh, bowl this year, maybe play softball this year. It will say, I'm looking forward to being much more athletic this year if I can. Um, but I want to say something I mean, on this note. I don't want to get too deep in the woods here, but um, I, I was talking in this last segment about these are rights under assault, whether it be the Second Amendment or First Amendment. Um, but we've seen an onslaught, and we'll talk about it wherever you want to go with this at the national level and the state level, and you know what I'm talking about. But this idea that we're innocent until proven guilty. Um, it, we are in this age, I think it started before the Me Too movement, before Kavanaugh, before Trump, um, basically that an accusation. Started in the 1600s. Is, is, in Salem, Massachusetts. Is a, yeah, okay, witch trials. Yeah, right. The idea here that an accusation is all you need. You know, there's a fundamental right, a fundamental um, understanding of our constitution, of our rights, the Bill of Rights, of, of legal precedent that we are innocent until proven guilty. The idea is that there is a process that you go to, someone has to make a charge, and they have to go to, to a court and where there is a trial where they can cross, there's all these things that are put in place for our benefit. And of course, there are people that you know are guilty and people that are innocent, but we don't know that until there's a trial. And it seems like now that if someone accuses a company, a person, or a thing of anything, and then of course, they can add on to it. There's no repercussions. I can make an accusation. And of course, that repercussion then is that person has to resign. That person has to close their business. That person is boycotted or that business is or whatever. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. That sounds terrible, but where's the other side of it? And it's really scary, I think, where we're at. And I'm talking about the impeachment process, but I'm also talking about locally here with uh, with Matt Shea and, and some of the things going on in our local level. And it makes you go, hold on now. Uh, no matter how bad it sounds, we need the, the, you need your day in court. You need to be able to defend yourself at your, with your accuser. Wouldn't you say, Doug? Yeah, you are, you know, our fundamental rights are that 
everyone is con- is considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And so when you see, you know, these, uh, you know, the Kavanaugh thing, well, we don't have to prove him guilty is what they said, because he's not on trial here. We're just trying to keep him from getting confirmed or whatever. And so they had a, they had a workaround for that. No, no workaround for Trump. You know, they had to, um, had to get this done because there's an imminent, imminent threat, right, to the nation. Uh, and, and yet, okay, now that we got it done, we, we, we can't just get that over to the Senate. Why? Uh, well, because it's not about the imminent threat to the nation. That was just, that was just talking. And so um, we are, you know, and this thing with Matt Shea, this was, a, this was oppo research, opposition research, right? This is just, I mean, yeah, there's some facts and things in there. But when you look into the facts, Matt not only acted completely in a legal manner, he, his actions are proving he's a, he's a Christian and a constitutional uh, you know, person that loves the Constitution. He's standing up for that. And so um, you know, the, the House, uh, House Minority Leader, you know, stripping him of his, his things, is uh, J.T. Wilcox, I believe, in the fourth district. I don't forget which district he's from. Anyway, fourth, he, um, yep. Yep. he uh, strips him of the committee assignments just based on, you know, this opposition research, basically the dossier. We could just call it the Matt, the Matt Shea dossier. And, um, and, you know, there's a, there is actually a process where he could be expelled from the house if they can get a two thirds vote, whether they, and it's not a legal thing. It's just a, it's like a club. It's like, well, we're just you, when you have club. a one party control and of course I've looked this up as well. So did you off, off the air. Um, one time in Washington state history, the, 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 the house has, has expelled a member and it was a, a person who was accused of statutory rape. Uh, he was 18 and, and the person was 12 and it came to light and uh, I think he was convicted of it the, one time. So it was a crime. And once again, the, the previous impeachments were all about crimes and, and Donald Trump was not committed a crime. And of course, um, like you said, the dossier and locally, but for, for Matt, this seems way over. He's been under assault by the left for a long time. He's been effective. He's a communicator. He He's a, Chris, a proud Christian, a bold conservative, a constitutionalist. So I get it, you know, that he's a thorn in their side. But with, with a predominantly, I mean, overwhelmingly uh, majority of Democrats in the House, it only takes a small portion of the, of the Republicans to you vote get, him out. Yeah, you get a half a dozen Republicans and he can be gone. And um, I don't think it's fair to the people in Spokane. First of all, I don't think it's fair to Matt Shea. Um, I, and, and when you look at this, and I, and I don't know if, if people look at this or not, obviously I'm a friend of Matt Shea's and I support Matt Shea and I, I understand that, but anything can be taken out of context. Anything when put together can make things look bad. Um, when, if you listen to the Democrats on Capitol Hill talking about Donald Trump, you think he was this, this second incarnation of the devil. You know, and yet you look at the facts, you're like, there's no facts here. They're, they're, they didn't do anything. We have the transcript. Uh, and the same thing, and not in the exact same way, but the bottom line is you can say, oh, wow, you know, you've associated with so-and-so. You've, uh, you've hung out with this group. Uh, look, these texts are whatever. Put them all together. It paints a picture like, well, that sounds bad, but what is it? Each and every one of them, though, could be explained away. And Matt Shays posted on Facebook about his response and the excellent job of responding to each one of these things. There is, well, but, but, it, but it comes back to the point. What? What they've said in essence though, uh, 
JT Wilcox, what he said in essence is that if you support that be basically called all conservative groups, especially the second amendment conservative groups, call them domestic terrorists. Yep. You know, that's what, that's what this report says is saying like the Bundy's were the Bundy's by the way, fully acquitted of all charges. You know that, right? Yes, I do. Yep. And the, the, the big, uh, the standoff down or was it Oregon? Anyway. Um, and then the, um, uh, but to, to say, okay, all the patriotic groups, all the, all the, anybody that's into the second amendment, the constitution, you're now a domestic terrorist. And, and his reasoning was because he stood up against the government that he was sending up against the constitution, but the constitution is the Supreme law on the land, not the elected officials, not the government. Well, the, that was the, what, that's what the whole uh, balance of power and the, you know, the different branches of government was supposed to do was to protect the people from the government. Interesting, interesting uh, conversation here. Think about this too. Our scripture says we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. We're supposed to pray for those in authority. We're supposed to be law-abiding citizens, right? Even if Jesus talked about giving to Caesar what's due to Caesar and did you get to him. Um, but, and yet our constitution, um, Judeo-Christian values basically says that we ran from tyranny. We ran from a government that was basically became God in a sense and it owned everything. Uh, and it was unfair and for to be free. So our constitution says, no, there's a point in time when the constitution you know, demands that believers and non-believers alike resist government's uh, takeover of our rights, this tyranny that happens. And so the, the fact that they charge Matt and others or conservatives or you know, constitution groups of, of pushing back against the government, that's our right. And in fact, we're called to it because it's not right. Tyranny is not healthy. Tyranny puts people in slavery, which is what we, this whole nation's about is about our freedom and exercising it freely, uh, you know, in our own lives, to raise our families are the way we want to raise our community. You know? and, and according to the Constitution, it's we are the supreme authority. The yes. people, the voters are the supreme authority. So, so the people that are acting unconstitutionally using impeachment against the president, for example, or using House rules against an elected uh, member of the state house, Matt Shea, they're the ones that are acting against the Constitution. They're the ones that are saying, no, nope, the voter isn't because we're, we are the authority. So if we're supposed to pray for those in authority and obey the laws, the, the law says we're in charge. The authority is us. And, um, and of course, uh, that's another great reason why we should be voting brother. We should, we be, should be voting. Yeah. Should be elect. We should be, we should be running for office. The government was designed to be run by lay people. It wasn't supposed to be career politicians running the government. So I, I'm really want to encourage our, our listeners. Number one, maybe go and support Matt Shea and, mm-hmm. and let JT Wilcox, the house minority leader, know you don't agree with this and he needs to get his committee, his committee assignments back and whatever. But exactly also, right. But part of it though is, is Matt Shea needs to have his day. And the bottom line is he, yeah. he can't just make accusations. I brought this up because, you know, just like Donald Trump needs his day. We all uh, have the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. There you go right there. Yeah. And the idea is that we have to fight for that. And that's, that should be just basic for Democrats and Republicans alike that no, okay. Um, let's, let's follow this through in a normal fashion and not just not disenfranchise the voters of the fourth district over in Spokane, um, who duly elected Matt Shea overwhelmingly, by the way, um, to give him this chance there. So I will say that. Yeah. Everybody deserves to have their, their side of the story be told. And that that's kind of, you know, like you said, that's the scary thing right now. We just shut down 
speech we don't like now. So we don't want to do that on our side, right? Oh, right. well, you're, you're from a different denomination. So we're shutting you down <laughs> or you're from a, whatever, you're not a, what we would call a Christian or whatever. Um, but it's happening on their side where they want to, you know, shout you down and you down, whatever it is. And that is scary. And the accusation is not enough. You know, that's, uh, that's dangerous, really, really dangerous. So uh, any last minute, like big predictions for 2020 that we can look at next year and go, ha ha about? I, I will say this, you know, I don't know, but I would love to see uh, uh, several or at least uh, the Republicans pick up at least two of the House seats in Washington state. That would send a huge message across Maybe the, the ninth and the, yeah, the ninth would be great. That'd be great. <laughs> well, that's it for this week's show. My prediction, Donald Trump will be reelected. Um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. This there is Dick Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. God bless and God bless America. See you next week. <laughs>